0: You're with us tonight and this is this is the first of the watchman school. That'll be on the first Wednesday of every month to equip we who watch with the Lord, watch for the Lord, watch his word to see it fulfilled, to come into agreement. And I believe it's going to be a blessing because it'll it'll it literally it's the art of agreement with God, which then causes us to come in agreement ourselves with God, one another. It's gonna be powerful. So love you. Uh, let some people know this is transferable, it works at home. It's not It's not something to just kind of go, well, I don't know how to do this. You know, you will. You're going to get so good at it. You're going to amaze yourself with what God does through you in Jesus' name. Blessings. Praise, 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 praise. Hey, you know, it was so cool. Uh, we, had, we had two water baptisms, and it was fun to be able to, like, just give to Larry a moment ago that just for him and for the rest of us, we are starting our second time through the New Testament tomorrow. If you've joined us, we began 40 days before Easter and we just finished today reading Jude and Second Peter 2. Aren't those like similar chapters? There's a lot of beautiful things you see when you kind of do overlays with the Scripture. But this time... Because THIS IS THE WAY THAT WE FIND IN OUR BIBLE. I WANT US TO READ THROUGH THE, the NEW TESTAMENT, BEGINNING AT THE FIRST GOSPEL, MATTHEW CHAPTER 1, AND THEN GOING TO uh, THE SECOND, THE FIRST EPISTLE, ROMANS CHAPTER 1. AND THEN WE'LL JUST CONTINUE OUR WAY ACROSS UNTIL WE'LL END ON DECEMBER 31st WITH HAVING READ THROUGH THE ENTIRE NEW TESTAMENT. THAT MIGHT SOUND LIKE A DAUNTING TASK, BUT IT'S ONLY BASICALLY TWO CHAPTERS A DAY. MAYBE, MAYBE, 20 20 or 30 of those 115 days we have in front of us, we'll have to add an extra chapter. Some of it we want to add just because we're going to hit the feast in October. We want to make sure we have ability to appreciate all of the things that are coming because these feasts are the ones that are yet to be fully experienced in the church in Christ Jesus. The Rosh Hashanah, which is the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement, and uh, Sukkot, which is the Feast of Tabernacles. And the three feasts of the seven are Passover, Jesus fully realized there, Pentecost, Jesus fully seen and experienced there, and then comes Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, where, where the maturity of the church, where the final completion of the body coming into uh, our, our place in Jesus. So anyway, they're in the back. We just got them printed, and they're online. You just go. You can download the PDF. I put the PDF in my phone so I can just go to my notes and find it wherever I am because I usually am reading the Bible out of my, um, off of my phone. You can also use, uh, you know, take in your phone apps, you'll often, often get a Bible that will read to you, which is uh, another way to overlap because you can get into one of the books. Like, for, for instance, I'll be listening to Matthew over and over again. When I'm driving, I'll be listening to Romans, and I just let it kind of wash over me. The Scriptures don't have to be read with the mind to try to grasp it. It's just read as unto the Lord. You can read out loud. You can listen. You're just reading it with your heart and letting the Lord, knowing that the Scripture is alive, the Scripture is powerful, and the scripture is sharper than a two-edged sword or a laser beam knife. It just can separate even the from, the soul from the spirit and the joints from the marrow and come into the very in, thoughts and intentions of our heart and make them known to us. Uh, it's how we're sanctified because truth is in the word and knowing the truth is what makes us free. And so it's perfect. I'm looking forward to it. Men, Larry, another verse for you. This Saturday at 7, at 8 o'clock here in the sanctuary, we're going to meet for our men's inheritance. It's, uh, it's an, it's a, we'll only do 90 minutes because I think we can pull off what we're supposed to accomplish in 90 minutes. We're going to talk about, as men, our place on the wall, and that's in regard to everything that we're given stewardship over, family, friends, finance. How do we come into our place on the wall? And I believe it's going to be um, important, Guys online, please, we will be live online, but if you can be together, I think we will uh, gain that benefit. We're not doing breakfast because Sunday following the 11th, this Sunday, we're having lunch together. After service, we're having a back-to-school bash, which has to... Included a big old potato bar with all the fixings and salad and dessert and all in the cafe right after service. So please tell your friends, bring them, invite people, so that we can be together as family and and celebrate and eat together. So all of that. Now here we are on our way into this Watchman School, which I'm calling it a Watchman School because. The whole par- purpose in the kingdom in Christ is to come into perfection, which means growing to maturity. It's, there's there's an edification plan that God has, which means that we're being built up, not just in our own self, but being built up into the architect of God that He He called us together in. It's also uh, it's by practice that we we move out of the elementary principles of Christ, the milk, and we go into the word of, get skilled in the word of righteousness. So we'll do it on the first Wednesday. We won't be doing the testimonies of the night, but my goal is, and all of you online, if you're just hearing, we've had watchmen in our services almost a year and a half now. And I'm so grateful for all those who come. And I almost, you know, in the three, four hours, I'll be in the sanctuary. I can almost, you know, I'm wait I know cindy arrives a little afternoon and I'm thrilled because she's going to carry joy and and enthusiasm and excitement and but what we're wanting to do now is move to the idea of being teams together so we're not just by ourselves coming when we come you can always come whenever you want you can leave whenever you have to there's never going to be kind of a weird thing like that but uh, the lord inspired me and I want to share that story and then I want to share a testimony and then we're going to talk about a few practical things to begin learning to uh, use the Word of God in prayer for the power of agreement and how it affects us in every area. And then we will break up into practice watches so we can all have a chance. And I'll do the watch with everybody online. So if you will go with me to Isaiah 62. Two weeks ago, I am in in Wednesday in my watch in prayer. And We'll talk about the dynamics of being in a group and why, why there are things that happen in a group in prayer that do not happen as readily in individual prayer, or at least uh, because of the component of Jesus in the midst of us. But in Isaiah 62, this is familiar with most of us, and I'll read the first five verses. This is, we are in a time unprecedented in my life. I'm 46 years old with Jesus. Uh, maybe the '70s were a little were, were in the kind of upheaval and conflict and agitation and over, but but right now, I God hasn't God has a plan. He's Lord of the nations. The nations are the Lord Jesus. The ends of the earth are His possession. He is not being bullied and pushed aside or pushed away because someone doesn't want him to be Lord. He stays Lord, and we're going to step into that. We need the language of heaven. We need to know what heaven thinks about how we're to pray, what we're to declare. So this is a, a perfect picture. Isaiah 62, verse 1, the Lord speaks, For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. So the, uh, for, And for Jerusalem's sake, <clears throat> I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness. And her salvation as a lamp that burns. And again, we know this is to proper Israel, this is to the future Israel, and this is to the church joined together in one new man. That God says, I've got a plan that has to be fulfilled, and I'm going to stay on it. I will not hold my peace, I will not rest until the Gentiles shall see your righteousness. And all the kings your glory. So God's intent to do what he will in his people is to be evident outside of the people, to be even seen by the nations. You shall be called by a new name. Identity is always a sign of an ex-move of God because he establishes our identity in himself and takes us out of the the worn-out identity of the trials and tests we've been through, which the mouth of the Lord will name. You shall be a crown of glory. Now, the reason I love Scripture is the Scriptures are a script that describes for me images that I can then lay hold of and think, now, what would it feel like to be a crown of glory to the Lord? A a royal diadem in the hand of our God. But it speaks of royalty, it speaks of authority, it speaks of rule. And you start to go, wow, you really are going to... Do something that's going to allow us to be an instrument of yours on earth. You shall no longer be termed forsaken. Testings that come to us in believing the word and growing in the faith and practicing our prayer is that it often seeks to put another image on us. It it wants to change our name and call us forsaken. And you'll no longer be termed desolate. And that's that thing we just addressed in Malachi 3 in the offering. That if we, if our mouth begins to identify with the emotions and the pressures of life that we're going on, we may start to say, "It seems as though I'm just forsaken," and I don't, I don't know why I'm so desolate. But you shall be called Hephzibah and your land Beulah, for the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your sons marry you, Hephzibah and as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride so shall your god rejoice over you beulah my delight is in you so is that a good news yes. now that 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 god can take that intentionality of his heart and and set it in motion and make it known i'm going to do this so but there's another part there's another component to the maturity of the church When he goes in verse 6, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord do not keep silent. So, you would think that if God wanted to do something, he'd just do it. And since he accomplished everything that we require, he could do it through his son, Jesus. So, father and son should be able to just change everything. Yet they have committed themselves to partnering and to for our participation. We don't produce it, we don't have to perform it, we don't have to prove it, but we get to participate through the, through the agreement of what we're hearing. So a watchman was someone who is, is alert and who is keeping things in place, hedging them. So, the, so you take the first five verses and you go, these are my charge, these are the decree of the Lord. Now I'm supposed to watch those decrees come forward. And how do we watch them? We agree with God. We don't hold our peace. We stay, these are the, This is the word of the Lord. This is His will over the earth. This is what He's doing in Jerusalem. And when the Spirit of God quickens a verse, He can take any verse and quicken it to our own life, our own personal life, our family. And this is what He's doing. And I'm staying in agreement. This is what it means to have a confession of hope in God's presence is that you've heard God speaking in his word, and now it's become the hope that we're anticipating being fulfilled by faith. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent. Uh, This is a maturing posture and growing. To mention the Lord means that we're not ones that are just kind of, you know, believing and connected to our believing and in associating with our values. We're, we're really after Jesus. We're, we, we, we mention him. We, we call upon his name. And it says, give him no rest till he establishes. Now, the way I've, I've always seen this is like, you'd be like God who is all powerful, all resourceful, all capable. So there's nothing that he cannot do without you. But he comes along and he says, you know, I really want, I really want to do this. So would you please put me in remembrance to do this? I want you to join with me and put me to remembrance. I want you to remind me. It'd be like a successful business person. It's got a gazillion things going and he says to his assistant, I need you to make sure I do this. I got to make this call today. Make sure I do it. Now, that's not because you can't remember, but you've got so many things going and you want the help and the prodding. God loves that. And so, he says, give him no rest till he establish until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. I'm going to look at the next verse. I won't go any further, but this is this is a sign from heaven for me, because these aren't new verses to me. I've lived there many, many times. I've gathered uh, 22 years ago. This this was a whole chapter was it given to me from chapter 60, 61, 62 as the uh, sovereign will of the Lord. So, I've been in these chapters, but... I didn't see chapter, verse eight, the new beginning. The Lord has sworn, and maybe next month we can get into this, you're, you're welcome, to find it. But the Lord has sworn by his right hand and by the arm of his strength. Now, the right, his right hand and arm of his strength is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can show that to you in Isaiah because when he sought for an intercessor, and he couldn't find one. He said, I will, with my own right hand and my arm will I bring forth this salvation. And Jesus is our, who, the one who took our place and now he is holding our place in heaven. So God placed, when he says, I'm going I'm to engage my right hand and my arm of my strength, Jesus is seated at his right hand. And, out of, and, out, and from his place he sits, God sends the rod of his strength out of Zion to rule in the midst of his enemies. So from this elevated position of the glorified, resurrected Christ, God says, surely I will no longer give your grain as food for your enemies. And the sons of foreigners shall not drink your new wine for which you have labored. So so the outworking of this God's intent, I'm going to do it. I will not rest. Now, don't you give me any rest. Stay in agreement with what I'm saying. Hold me in agreement with what I said is that, then the fulfillment of it is there is a, a new place of prosperity, protection, delight, and enjoyment. And I don't really, the word of God is true, and everything else can be in upheaval, and God says everything is being shaken by his voice and by his name, by His words, but we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. So we're learning a paradigm. Now... I need to tell you a story because I've had um, I've had a lot of promises given to me through the through my my journey. In fact, we had a lot of lot of encounters. It was very gracious. God's been very kind to me, uh, just to allow me to hear His voice in Scripture and to recognize He's saying, "I'm going to do this." Agree with me. But I've also had a lot of then meaning of mishaps. It didn't happen the way I envisioned it. I had a a clear picture of how it was going to work. I had hope deferred. I lost heart. Uh, I wrote this down today because this is important. A promise is not law. It's a promise. It's not law. It's not something God can be obligated to. It's something God's committed himself to me to. It's grace, not a debt. It's not something that God owes me, and I have to I, He has to now go do what I said, because then I take the promise and turn it into a law. and I make it it's not works, it's faith. So it's promise, not law, grace, not a debt. It's faith, not works. It's the truth, not the lie. And it's receiving, not performing. Now, I've learned that the hard way. Because when, when we have the, the honor of hearing God speak and experience him in Scripture, Scripture is the key. The old, longer I live, the more I'm convinced without Scripture, we're all lost, even when we're found in Christ. We can't tell what's up and down. We don't know how to walk. And we can see it in Jesus' own life after his water baptism, Larry, filled with the Holy Spirit, First thing the Holy Spirit did for him, he says, I want you to go up on a high mountain. You're going to have a day of fasting, 40 days of prayer, and you're going to meet the devil. And he's going to challenge you, and he's going to accuse you, and he's going to say, prove to me that you are the Son of God by doing this and doing that and doing this. And even though Jesus had had the most profound experience a man could ever have. An open heaven, a a Holy Spirit dove landing on his shoulder and staying there and then God the Father speaking audibly, you are my son in whom I'm well pleased. The experience, as perfect as it was, could not withstand the situation ethics, the accusation, the slanderous ways of Satan. Because Satan just said, if you are the son of God, prove it. That's what he said to Eve. Did God really say you can't eat of any all the trees? He, he creates doubt. And the way we fight doubt often is to try to push it away by saying, well, no, 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 no. I had a really, ex- real powerful experience. But Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't recount his baptism. What he recounts is, he says this, it is written. Yeah. And just, uh, you talk about the, The the, the, the sovereignty that we're in of God's ability to just work time. When we get to Sunday, we will be in Matthew chapter 4, which is the temptation on the mount, and Romans chapter 4, which is Abraham coming out of old hope into new hope and coming into an acknowledgement that God was able to perform his promise. So Jesus says the devil, it is written, it is written, it is written. So a sinless son of man with perfect union and communion with God the Father chooses to use the written word of God to speak to the devil and not his spiritual experience. And I have come to conclude that this written word of God has power, authority that, that I have to rely upon, especially when things are squirrely, when my emotions are not clear, when the trouble is pressing in, and so forth. And today, I believe that we are, about, we are being uh, promoted to become a people who are practicing prayer with the agreement of God's Word, letting the Word of God tell us how we're going to pray, not the circumstances of life dictating to us. or or challenging us, or creating angst. So this is a a posture. I've done it all. In 1998, the Lord promised that in one year's time, we would be in revival. In one year's time, we were in massive revival. It was an accelerating year going up, 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 up. And right on the day or two before the promised day, which he had spoken a year before, I was in, uh, we were in a prayer meeting and all of a sudden the the Holy Spirit appeared to me and and said to me, as Jesus spoke, he said, you've uh, done well and you've nurtured a promise and it's grown, but it's not, it's not, it's not big enough. But if you'll give it to me now, I will take it, bless it, break it and multiply it. And so that was the picture of the boy's lunch, the five loaves and two fishes enough to feed a few, but in the hands of the Lord, it could feed many. So what happened without my planning, see, I always think, oh, I'm going to give it to him. He'll turn around. By the time I get home, it's doubled and then tripled and quadrupled. But instead, it's split into two pieces. The, the revival broke it and caused the church to split. And on the day of the promised revival, one of our dear intercessors died of cancer. It was just started to become a repercussions of circumstances that none of us were prepared for. Any of us that are together from back then or joined us as soon as later, you've experienced the conflict that came. I pressed the Lord and decided at one point, I'm pressing through, I'm not gonna stay in the same position. So I declared the Lord, I want you to finish what you started. This is not something you can just leave alone. You've made promise. I didn't know I was pushing him into debt. You owe me. I want it to happen. But I was pushing on the covenant. And one day the Lord said to me, if you keep pushing and demanding, I will do what I promise. But I'll be out of, you'll be out of time. And you'll lose many instead of gain more. So I wait for me. So I said, okay. But I really didn't have the kind of faith. I was already traumatized. So I decided, I'll wait for you. But while I'm waiting, I'm going to fill the air with words. All those promises, I'm going to go find them and I'm going to speak them out into the the air, and I'm going to command them to come to pass. And though I learned so many truths about meditation and and fellowship with God, I was still a debtor. I was still getting God to meet what he promised. I was still trying to bring an old vision forward. And so eventually, four years into that, I had to let go and let it all fall into the ground and die. So fast-forwarding. Learn to learn to say, you know, I can't produce the word, and I don't know what to do with the word that's given that I can't produce. In uh, January 2017, Larry, Larry Napier and I did a glorified Christ teaching conference for about three days, and in that, that's right during the inauguration, and there came a, a two scripture, two psalms he brought up that that we now are very familiar with, Psalm 2 and Psalm 110, because they're the most quoted psalms in the New Testament. The fledging, beginning new church, though empowered powered by the Holy Spirit, would always go to the scripture for the authority to go forward. And that was January. February, I was leading a team in Israel. We were in Jerusalem, and we were on our way up to uh, the youth village, which was a... Uh, had been established for 50, 60, 70 years helping aliyah for youth that could not, did not have family or family could not afford to come out, but they sent their children to make aliyah. And we had uh, interns working there, and so we were stopping by to see the director. And just as we're driving up, my phone rings. It's Cammie back here in the United States calling and saying, I've heard the Lord say Psalm 2. It is the anthem, it is the word of the Lord and you, we, we, must re, we must receive it now. So I thought, okay, I, I listen when she's, when she's hearing the Lord, I've come to know she hears the Lord and those directives are important. I, a night or two later, because we're in Jerusalem for about seven days, uh, I did what I love to do, is I took a walk from the Cuskey's apartment, it's about a 45 minute walk, And down to the Western Wall. And I came on the plaza. If you've been to the Western Wall in Jerusalem, you come down uh, the Jewish quarter, and there's like a right before you go the final steps, there's a little overlooking plaza, and you can see Temple Mount, you can see the Dome of the Rock, and you can see the Western Wall where everybody's praying. And I'm standing there, and I have a vision. And the vision is there's fire and war breaking out everywhere. And I I realized, oh, no, things are changing that cannot be dealt with in the natural. They're, They're really changing. So by the time I'm coming home that evening, I'm already now beginning to declare Psalm 2. Because why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heaven shall laugh. He shall, the Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress him in his great displeasure. Yet I, the sovereign king Jehovah, says, I have set my king Melchi. I have anointed him on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare... The decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son, and today I have begotten you. The very words that were spoken by the Father to Jesus on the cross out of the abyss as he came out of the death, the spiritual death that he had now become, a, had been placed in for all of us, called forth a son. Jesus said, I'll declare the decree. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession." Serve the Lord. Now, be wise, O kings. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry with you, and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Now, years would go on. Nothing so dramatic happened. It seemed maybe, maybe, maybe things are beginning to go forward. Maybe, you know, I don't know. But this scripture would never leave me. I would, I would declare it. And then Psalm 110 became a part of it. And I would declare it. Psalm 110 goes, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Jesus quotes that to shut the mouth of the Pharisees in the gospels. It's declared in throughout the book of Hebrews. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power and the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. You have the dew of your youth. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. We just had that teaching last week with Larry Napier joining this video that this, uh, you are a priest forever when I call you my righteous king. The Lord is at your right hand. He shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. Now this, I have to tell you, this was challenging to my belief system because I saw the Lord wanting to save everybody, not dealing with the separation force that this describes. But I've learned that scripture is scripture. I can't interpret scripture by my beliefs, I have to let Scripture determine what I believe. And believing isn't always going, I got it. You just kind of go, well, this is truth. Not sure how that's going to work out, but I accept it as truth. The Lord is at your right hand. Jesus is at your right hand. He, Jesus, will execute kings in the day of his wrath. He, Jesus, shall judge among the nations. And again, once you accept Scripture for being truth without having to defend it or having to understand it, the Holy Spirit will go to work to begin to establish it in the fullness of the truth that it means. Because Jesus himself said, the Lord Father's given me judgment over all things. He is the judge of the living and the dead. This is Jesus' uh, administrative right in the days that are coming. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He will execute the heads of many countries. So I kind of just say those words I kind of go, mm, I just don't know what I think about all that, but it's, it's in the Bible and I can't just cut that piece out. I'd like to, but I'm just going to let it go and roll. And then he shall drink from the brook of the wayside, therefore he shall lift up the head. So by the time we're hitting, uh, you know, the 2020 elections and the pandemic and the riots and all of just so much of, of, of humanity just going forward and the ancient wounds showing up, and 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 the the, the violence of and reaction and the separation and the dividing and i was just like going oh i'm so glad i've been meditating this chapter for 4 years because it was literally now oh i'm i know what you're doing i don't know why you how you're doing it exactly but i know you're in charge you're greater than you're laughing at the plots of men to overthrow your rule you are the one that has that sovereign place. So what that did for me is I never have tried to perform it. I don't, all I know is that God likes to have hearts that believe and mouths that speak and proclaim truth and believe that what we're proclaiming is indeed the will of God to be accomplished and done in the earth. So you start to realize scripture isn't just something you're trying to get God to do, it's something God's already done, and He's doing it through His Son. All scripture takes me to Jesus, all scripture is fulfilled in Jesus, all promises are yes in Jesus, amen in Jesus, to the glory of God through us. So we become conduits, people of agreement. Now, by the time last year came, we were crying out, The Lord, to the atmosphere needs to change because the negativity that's gotten into the earth is taking faith out of the house. You know, you think we can just call people evil and call that wrong and call that bad. Next thing you know, you're you're more of an accuser of the brethren than an agreement with God. And yet when the strong feelings and emotions are rushing through, there's not much anyone can do except hold their own place and say, Lord, how am I to speak? What am I to meditate on? What am I to listen to? I watched the news in the morning, but I tried to not watch it after that. <laughs> I know because I'm hearing bad news. You see, I'm hearing that giants are in the land, and, they're, and we're grasshoppers, and they're ready to eat us up, and we better do something like find, a, find another path instead of the one we're in. And so that whole thing happens. But I want to hear the Caleb and Joshua report. Oh, we're ready. It's time to charge. Let's go. And even Caleb, after 45 years of walking through the, the dying off of a generation, now facing his promised mountain with giants, he said, I want the mountain. He says, it may be that God will give me the mountain. See, faith is not a calculated act with a, with a promised result. It's an abandonment into the love and faithfulness of God that says, why not? Let's go. What could I do but die anyway? Let's take the land. And that's the place, the place we're at, to learn the language of of using Scripture. Uh, we have our, our returning conference that's going to happen on the 14th through the 16th in October. And you have this one verse here that's in Isaiah. And you can grab one of these, take these home. It's the Isaiah 43, actually verse 1 through 7, but verse 7 says, bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who's called by my name, whom I created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. See, the power of the word of God, that's much more powerful than the word of Steve, is this is eternal. And heaven and earth will pass away, but these won't. And they're not originating from me, they're originating from God, and therefore they are empowered by God. Because Isaiah 55 says, no word of God will return to him void, but it'll accomplish for the thing which he sent it to do and how he pleases it to perform. So what's my part? Well, when we had this happen, because it happened in prayer, we began to hear the Lord saying, I'm bringing my prodigals. And then you start reading, well, wait a minute. These aren't my sons. These are your sons. They're your daughters, and you're commanding the ends of the earth to let them go. And you're saying that they're called by your name, and you created them for your glory, and you formed them, and you made them. So all of a sudden, then all I'm doing is agreeing with God. Now, what would happen if we begin to build the sound of agreement, the art of accepting the words of God speaking and agreeing? We already practice, if you've joined us for any of our watches, We've already practiced. We open a big kind of oval over here. And we'll, te- we'll have our Bibles, and we always say, if, it, it's best if you can read a scripture before you pray. And then if you read the scripture, pray the scripture in agreement with God. And because we're in a group, seven, eight people at a time, all of a sudden, somebody's reading a scripture that I wasn't thinking about. But because they read it, I'm hearing it. And because Jesus is in the midst of us, He's telling me, isn't that a cool scripture? That's for you. And then that scripture, the Holy Spirit reminds me of another scripture that goes along with that scripture. So there's a synergy that starts happening, which is the power of agreement. Agreement is this, it says in Matthew 18, 17, if two of you agree upon touching anything on earth, it'll be done for their father, which is in heaven. The agreement is the word where we get symphony it's where we get a harmony where we begin to become one voice and one sound and one one accord and so this new this next season I want to build teams so that we practice not just agreeing with God but we learn the power of agreeing together touching what God's saying I think the exponential ability of God to break through, because when it came time for Pentecost, he got 120 people all in agreement. They didn't know what was coming, but they knew someone was coming, they said the Holy Spirit was coming, and stay here till he does. And by the time he came, they knew who he was, and they knew enough scripture to explain what he was doing and why he was there, and why he was there was because of Jesus and his exaltation. The, the, the possibilities are unlimited. I just what I want to ask you to do right now, we have 10, 10 minutes is to practice one of those circles. In, we, we, we made a team that, like that's a watch from 6 to 8 a.m. So if you would like to come, love for you to commit to a watch for two hours. I, if you can only make it a half hour one a week, you can't be there all the time. That's, that's totally life and we're not, not, we're not clocking people in. but we're, we're intent, endeavoring to build teams that begin to have the capacity to say, I believe the word. God spoke, He's speaking these things. I'm growing the sound, I'm maturing in the sound. That we begin to not be moved by what we see. We're not tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by everything that people are saying, or so. We just start holding a place that's like carrying a weight, which is where the kebab, the glory is. So there's Six to eight, you don't have to commit to this, but there is in, on the, on the chairs, there's a clipboard. If you are able to come into one of the watches, let me know. Because imagine every first Wednesday of the month, we all come together to build up and to strengthen and to hear what God is. Now, we're, we're discerning God's saying. We do that every week in our testimony. But I'm believing for all the members of the team to be able to be together on that one Wednesday of the month where we go okay let's 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 just be equipped so that we can be edified so that we can continue to advance in our agreement. So there is in the green chair that little circle is eight to ten. the orange behind them is 10 to noon then there is the uh, noon to two is the blue right by the booth. Then there is the two to four, the purple. And there's four to six. So if you already know which watch you're in, go to that one. If you don't, you go to anyone you're not committed to have to, you know, we're not going to trap you. There's no trapping. The Bible doesn't, we don't trap people. It's all by the le- leadership of the Lord. But let's just practice. And I want to practice everybody online. So just go to one circle. Take Psalm 2. Or Psalm 10, and, and Psalm 110, and just open your Bible and listen and read a verse and pray a prayer and see, begin to just feel the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. I promise you, He's there already inside the scripture and inside uh, the, the willingness to be together. So we're just, this is our small groups like we've been doing, but instead of discussing the Bible, let's kind of just say it, pray it. And let the word come. Thank you. We're going. We're coming on in. And yeah, there's uh, there's three of you there over here. If you guys would take, just split up so we have team, you know, team 8 to 10 and team 10 to noon. I would really appreciate that. And go ahead, get started. I'll, I'll call us back. We'll release a blessing. What you're doing, read the scriptures, prayer, prayer, listen to one another. Let it, Psalm 2, Psalm 110, that's where we're starting To build our agreement, all right. Okay, so we're a team, and we're in the spirit. So we're not in the same place, but we're together in the spirit in Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you right now just to allow the Scripture of Psalm two and Psalm one hundred and ten to become the Word of the Lord of what He is intent is doing, and it's going to build for us imagery. It's going to build for us uh, a, a backstop. So well, no matter what we're hearing in the news or what, what what's threatening us, we can f- know that, that, that the Lord is sovereign, He is in charge, and He's actually not at all intimidated by what He's doing. So Psalm 2 is the prophetic psalm. It's the one that calls Jesus out of the abyss. It's the one that the, the apostles in Acts chapter 3, when they were confronted by the Sanhedrin and told and threatened, they, they could not speak in the name of Jesus, went back to their company and they rehearsed the psalm as the authority for God to release a new sound of, of power. So they were very acquainted with this psalm too. It's also quoted, I believe, in chapter 13 of the book of Acts. So Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth, they set themselves, the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed. So there is a a conspiracy that's greater than any of the conspiracies I've been hearing people talk about. This is the one to overthrow God as the Tower of Babel, to, to displace and remove all rule. And all authority and all and calling evil good and good evil to, to take away what God has set in creation, its laws, his natural laws to bring us out of, of, of submission to any of his, his ways and they're, and they' they're counseling together. they're conspiring to this place and what are they against? They're against the Lord and his Messiah Jesus. Who is the rule with a rod of iron? So there is. Imagine everything you're so you and I are so familiar with, because it's always all we see, it's all we hear. Whatever twist, whoever sent spinning it, it's still the same. We're 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 in a culture war, a conflict of the ages. What what what? He who sits in the heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall hold him in derision. And that's Jesus, our Lord, seated at the right hand of God. He's laughing at the antics of man, thinking, oh, that's going to be something. You know, it's you know, you're going to, like, overthrow heaven's rule. Ha, 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 ha. And then it says he holds him in derision, which is a form of mockery. Like, well, let's see how well that works for you. Go ahead. Go do what you got to do. Then he speaks in his wrath. So there is... The, the wrath of the Lord that can displace the rule of, um, of man's plans in, a, in, in an afternoon. So that's why you never can tell exactly what's coming around the corner because we can be in agreement with the Lord, and he can shift in an awakening to unlock years ahead where there could be renewal, there could be salvation, there could be a returning to the Lord like the great awakenings that have brought America out of dark places before. And so he says he will then speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. So when that starts to happen, we're not the ones being threatened. There becomes his unsettleness And the terror of it is it becomes apparent to those who do not want the Lord to rule that he has indeed made the king on Mount Zion. And God has the father has poured himself in upon this son. So just like Pentecost, it becomes the the message of the day is Jesus is man-made Christ. He's Lord. He's seated at the right hand of God. He has received from God the Father the promise, and he's pouring him out. So I prophesy that in my prayer. I always know where we're headed. That's where we're headed. This King seated at the right hand of God most high. So he says, "Ask of me, and I will give you the nations, and the nations as your inheritance." And the ends of your earth for your possession. I just declared these words. I don't try to tell who's got to do what. I figure every nation's got to hear what they got to hear. But I'm anticipating. I'm not looking at China swallowing up Taiwan. Or Russia, the Ukraine. Or uh, Korea breaking apart into a world war. Or America breaking. I'm not trying to make it fix something i'm just declaring the truth over all nations listen god he's going to rule with a he's going to rule with a rod of iron he's going to break in pieces with a rod of iron dash to pieces the nations so then i can say be wise o kings and be instructed you judges of the earth because you need to serve god with fear and rejoice with trembling and you just the sun. Just do homage, bow the knee, recognize, kiss the Son, do homage, because His wrath, and He has wrath, and that's the book of Revelation. From the seals on, the wrath of God, the wrath of the Lamb, boy, you don't wanna be in that mix. He says, you don't want His wrath to be kindled, but a little, and then the last verse, which is where we, the blessed believers, the love, those who are in Christ, Blessed are those who put their trust in Him. Put in our trust in the Lord enables me to uh, not live in the fear of man and the angst of the day and in the wonderment. Of what do I do to protect myself? And how? What's happening? Where am I going? It allows me to live in a place of rest, in a place of trust and confidence. So that scripture can grow in us, and that's my desire for all, for you, and for me. Let we were, Cam and I were praying and we were talking, well, where do we begin? Because it's important to know where the Lord wants you to meditate so that he can build agreement. Because when we agree with God's word, we soon come out of conflict with ourselves because we have a higher authority over us. When we agree with God's word, we come out of conflict with each other because we have a higher authority that we're not trying to argue over, we're just trying to accept as truth. We don't have to believe it. You don't even have to understand it. You just receive it, as the His Word is truth, and because it's truth, it does its work as we meditate. So that's that's our first practice. And I want to encourage you, uh, if you haven't signed up for, go to our website, go to the school, Watchman School. Click down there. You can sign up a uh, watch. And, and again, you. You find the part within the two hours. Two hours optimum. I'm not talking about uh, you know, uh, you know, preschool or even kindergarten or elementary training. I mean, you'll, you'll get it faster than anything, but it's literally the maturity of how we can become skilled in the word of righteousness, understand the priesthood of Melchizedek, come into uh, becoming those who are declaring decrees and no longer being uh, tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Uh, Being the ones that are changing the atmosphere and dictating the direction that things are going, not reacting to what's happening and trying to respond and always being on the defensive. This is where we come into the agreement with God. He is in charge and it's gonna grow and scriptures are gonna multiply together. So I bless you and love to you to be a part We want teams because we want to have that fellowship, that koinonia, that agreement, that saying, yeah, and then we're going to find ways that the things that are pressing against us and families and homes can be addressed with the same scripture that God's addressing the nations with and calling his body into agreement with. So I love you, and thank you so much for being with us. Please go to the website. If you haven't, let us know. We want to build this company. Know who's who, and love, and pray, and cover one another constantly, and let this this glorious Savior just rest upon His church. The head sits on the body, and the body is the fullness of Him, and He fills all and all. God bless. All right, I'm going to bring a blessing out to everybody else. Okay, I know you're you're getting started, and you can continue, but I I just want to release a blessing. We went. Seven thirty-six. Thank you, thank you for our maiden voyage. Uh, any questions you ever have, ask Brian Rogers. He'll tell you exactly what I meant. <laughs> no, no, no. You can contact me. You already said it, right? Yeah, but we are we're, we're venturing out. We're just we're, we're just getting in the ship, and we're we're going to venture into the new. And so I want to just release the blessing, Lord. Would you, as we launch into the second, second readings of the New Testament together this year, as we launch these watchman teams and, and see watches having a, the capacity to begin to have the, the school of the prophets like Solomon uh, uh, Samuel had, where there's an anointing that's even just carried in the midst of the agreement, both with God and, and agreeing with God with one another. Lord, I pray that. Psalm 2 and Psalm 110 would find a point of meditation for us all so that no matter what the world says, we know what God says. And this is the end game. This is not just Psalms of David. These are Psalms that are riddled in our New Testament. The most quoted Psalm in the New Testament is Psalm 110. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. So we thank you. Bless us, grow us, mature us, and cause us to come into the perfect man, into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, to, be, uh, to, to grow up into him who is the head in all things and to walk and talk one with another the truth in love. In Jesus' name, amen.